threat of disaster is never pleasant. Welcome to the Casual Preppers Podcast. These safety measures are essential. The only place for prepping, survival, and entertainment. This will be your source of survival instructions and information. Every member of the family must be coached in the business of survival. Here are your hosts, Cam and Kobe. Maybe this be the last time we do a podcast, huh? probably won't hear from us anymore. <laughs> Evil Lynch. Evil Lynch will get us. <laughs> Cameron, uh, I'm excited about today's podcast. I am too. I'm really excited because this is Very a cool interesting. story. Uh, yeah, what are we talking about? Um, so we're going to go into the conspiracies again. Ooh. What happened at the Love Pass incident? <laughs> what, maybe something happened to these hikers? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty uh, crazy yeah. story. Um mm-hmm. Nine, was it nine hikers? I don't know. Anyway. It was started out as 11. I think one left. <laughs> Take one down, pass it around. <laughs> pass it around. Nine hikers left. <laughs> I can't remember. We'll but go yeah, through But um, yeah, these hikers, yeah, we'll, we'll go into details, but there's some really fishy stuff mm. about their uh, their deaths and yeah. how it happened and why some bodies were beat up. It's weird. It's super freaking weird. Can't wait to dive in. And anything that happens in Russia always has... Some yeah, very interesting really. backstory. If they only would have had with them. If they only would if have. If maybe they would have had the Prepper's Medical Handbook, uh, <laughs> yeah. they could have got through. That's huh? exactly right. Yeah. Because it goes without saying. It does. Prepping requires forethought with regard to food, water supply, <laughs> power, and protection. There's going to be a lot of Russian accents yeah. today, so I apologize. <laughs> All areas of significant technical preparation. Self-reliant medical care is no exception. The Prepper's Medical Handbook by noted wilderness medicine expert and survivalist William W. Forg, MD, MD, sir, provides the basis of prevention, identification, long-term management of survivable medical conditions, and tells you when to return to the grid and what to do if you can't. Mm. A doctor's going to tell you this stuff. For sure. Best person. Yeah. The organized structure of this book allows you to quickly locate what you're looking for while the information and techniques can be easily understood and performed with minimal medical training. That's the key there. That's me right You don't there. need to be Mr. Doctor. No. In your group. Dr. You Prepper. Learn <laughs> Dr. Prepper. Yeah. So um, seriously, though, this book, yeah. super easy to read, very useful. My question is, where do I find it? You go to PreppersMedicalHandbook.com okay. or, like everybody else, go to Amazon.com. Amazon. Get it from Bezos. Get it. It's worth it. It is. It really is. So today, you guys, we're talking about the, the Dyatlov incident in the, the Ural Mountains. I don't know. Um, so Did let it me... really happen? <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about something else. Huh? <laughs> um, so let's talk about what the Dyatlov Pass incident is, how it started, and then we're going to talk about the theories behind maybe what happened during the, cause it is a bonkers story. Yeah, if I've a ever billion heard and a half theories. Yeah, there is. There's a lot. So we got a lot to get to. Yeah, so we're just going to get. <laughs> yeah. and probably be game. Yeah. So in 1959, a group was formed for a skiing expedition across the Northern Urals in Sverdlovsk Oblast. <laughs> There's so many different yeah. Russian words in here. I apologize. I'm not going to say any of them right. Igor, yeah, Igor Dyatlov, he's a 23-year-old radio engineering student at the Ural Polytechnical Institute. He was the leader who assembled this group of nine others for the trip. So there was 10 originally, most of whom were fellow students and peers at the university. 
Uh, each member of the group, which consisted of eight men and two women, was an experienced grade two hiker. Apparently, they give like grades to their hikers, and you get you, get, you pass tests and stuff like that to oh, become cool. a higher grade. Yeah, um, and would be receiving their grade three certification upon their return. Hmm. So they never did get their grade three, unfortunately. But so th- saying this, they were very experienced hikers. They weren't just like yeah, weekend. they weren't. Spring break kids going no. up into the mountains. These were people who, like, studied it. And they weren't did Americans. It. They, were, <laughs> they weren't <laughs> Americans, yeah. So at the time, this, this was the highest certification available in the Soviet Union and required candidates to traverse 300 kilometers. And if you want to know what that is, it's 190 miles. Oh, good. That Nobody knows what know. kilometers are. Mm. Yeah. The goal of the expedition was to reach O'Torton, a mountain 10 kilometers, 6.2 miles north of the site where the incident occurred. That's where they were going. Uh, the route undertaken in February was estimated as a Category 3 at the most difficult time to traverse, so it wasn't a great time to be going out anyways. On January 27th, they began their trek toward Gora O. Torton. It's hard to say for some reason. Gora O. Torton. Um, on January 28th, one member, Yuri Yudin, who suffered from several health elements, including rheumatism and a congenital heart defect turned back due to knee pain and joint pain that made him unable to continue the hike. So this dude lucked out big that his time. knees hurt. Big time. Yeah, big time. So when you're hurting, don't push. Don't go. Don't push through it. Stay home. Go home, watch Netflix. Diaries <laughs> and cameras found around their last campsite made it possible to track the group's route up to the day preceding the incident. So they were lucky. They had they were like keeping like really detailed yeah. diaries. Mm-hmm. They were taking photos along the way. So there was a there's actually a lot of information that we have from this until stuff goes haywire and then there's not a lot, right? So um, on January 31st, the group arrived at the edge of a highland area and began to prepare for climbing. In a wooded valley, they cached surplus food and equipment that would be used for the trip back. So they had a whole bunch of extra. They put it there. They're like, smart. going to eat this on the way back. They were cashing. They were preppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. Looked like. The next day, the hikers started to move through the pass. It seemed they planned to get over the pass and make camp for the next night on the opposite side. But because of worsening weather conditions, snowstorms, and decreasing visibility, they lost their direction and deviated west toward the top of Kolot Siakal. Um, when they realized their mistake, the group decided to set up camp there on this, this dead mountain, right? I think so, yeah. Creepy. Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, on the slope of the mountain, rather than move 1.5 kilometers downhill to a forested area that would have offered some shelter from the weather. So that's kind of something that they come back to a few times. Like, why did they, why did they camp right there in the middle of this place that was like completely exposed when they could have gone back um before leaving dyatlov had agreed that he would send a telegram to their sports club as soon as the group returned to vizai um it was expected that this would happen no later than february 12th but dyatlov had told yudin before he departed from the group that he expected it to take longer when the 12th passed and no messages had been received, there was no immediate reaction as delays of a few days were common with such expeditions, which you could imagine, like, yeah, it's going to take this long, yeah. but sometimes it takes a day or two longer, right? So on, on the 20th of February, the traveler's relatives demanded a rescue operation, and the head of the institute sent first rescue 
rescue groups consisting of volunteer students and teachers, which I think is kind of funny. Ah, just send the teachers out there and the, and the students. Maybe they can find them. <laughs> yeah. Later, the Army and the militia forces became involved with planes and helicopters ordered to join the operation. Yeah. So that's kind of the basics of how they got to where they were. And then just something kind of... happened. And this is where the mystery kind of gets nuts. So Cam's going to kind of take over here and, and tell you some of the weird freaking crap that they found when they yeah. got and they finally found these people, right? So you would think in something like this, you would just come upon some frozen bodies, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, exactly. you know, or covered in complete snow from like a big yes. avalanche or something. But on the 26th of February, the searchers found the group's abandoned and badly damaged tent uh, at the base of Dead Mountains with that Colat Seacle. Yeah. The campsite baffled the search party. Uh, Mikhail mm-hmm. Shelvin, the student who found the tent, said the tent was half torn down, covered in snow, and was empty, and all the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind. Like, they just took off. Yeah. And we'll talk about this too, but the tent was shown to be cut from the inside. That, like they cut to leave to get out. Quick. That is one of the weirdest parts. Well, super weird. There's really? so many weird parts yeah, of yeah, this, yeah. but that is really weird. Like, why would you cut the inside of your tent? Yeah. to go out. Right. right? It's like, weird. Big opening on one side. <laughs> yeah. Let's less. not use the door. Yeah. Um, after and then nine sets of footprints left by people wearing only socks or a single shoe or <laughs> even barefoot. You know, and they're in like negative twenty, negative 30. thirty degrees yeah. Celsius. Like, yeah, it's. Was it Nate Celsius? It was Celsius. It was ridiculously oh, cold. Oh, I thought that was Fahrenheit. Maybe. Well, I, I saw it was like negative 17 Celsius in the journal. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, freaking cold. Cold. Okay. Either way. Below zero. Yes. For sure. Not warm. Um, After 500 meteor, uh, meteors. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh yeah. And then leading down to the edge of a nearby uh, nearby woods on the opposite sides of the pass. Yeah. 1.5 kilometers to the northeast. After 500 meters, these tracks were covered with snow. At the forest edge, under a large Siberian pine, the searchers found visible remains of a small fire. And there were the first two bodies, uh, those of Kirivonshenko and Doroshenko. Sounds like a figure skater. I know it does. uh. Shoeless and dressed only in underwear. In the middle of this freezing, you know, yeah, cold temperature, their bodies are just there, unclothed, basically. And you know that can be explained away by several things, maybe. Yeah, there's that paradoxical thing yeah. when they're freezing to death. But, but still, but that's I mean we're only but getting, who takes their shoes off? I don't, I don't know. I'm cold. I'm My fr- kids I'm probably would. Yeah. yeah, they would lose their shoes. So the other weird thing, the branches on the trees were broken up to five meters high, suggesting that one of the skiers had climbed up to look for something or. You know, some say maybe break down some dry branches or whatever. Mm, yeah. Um, perhaps to find the camp. Between the pine and the camp, searchers found three more corpses. Uh, Dyatlov, Kolomogorov, uh, Slobodin, who died in um, poses suggesting that they were attempting to return to the tent. So they were heading back up. Mm-hmm. And they were found at distances 300, 480, and 630 meters from the tree. Finding the remaining four travelers took more than two months. They were finally found on May 4th under four or 13 feet of snow Jeez. in the ravine further into the woods from the pine tree. So they were even further down. It's crazy like they, they even went found up. them. I know. I'm surprised about that too. 13 feet. Three of the four were better dressed than the others, and there were signs that some clothing of those who had died first had been removed from for use by the, by the others. Mm-hmm. 
Dubinina was wearing Krivenshenko's burned torn trousers and her left foot and shin were wrapped in a torn jacket. That is so weird. Yeah. So, so here, just summarize some of the mysteries. They were in good cheer up to this point. The yep. tent was cut from the inside, inside out. One just, uh, one had just his camera and no coat. One appeared to have died returning to the camp and had, well, cut two of them. Yeah. And had his skull, his skull had trauma to it, had been fractured. Two under the tree had burned hands, skull fractures, rib fractures, tongue missing in one of the women, no protective gear, and left, they obviously left in a hurry. The traces from the camp showed that all group members left the campsite on their own accord on foot. Like it just was, uh, it was unorganized. It wasn't like they all hand in hand walked Mm -hmm. down the hill to find each other. Radioactivity was on their clothing, which is really weird. That boy, yeah, how do you explain that? I don't know. Not one single survivor. You know, in most of these cases, there's always like somebody makes one or it. two makes it or is alive yeah. long enough and dies later or something. It's just all of them were just, you know, dead. And yeah. they were all really close to each other. Release documents containing no information about the condition of the skier's internal organs. Like they yeah. didn't even study what happened to the internals. Cases were quickly closed when no guilty party was found, like super quick. And then after they were reopened, some of the files were missing. That's really... Dude. We don't know 100% on that, yeah. but that's what they say is just like a lot of the detailed um, evidence was just kind of missing it was gone. when it reopened after yeah. communism and stuff. So there's just like some of the things that really are weird to me. Um, obviously, the, the fractures, like the skull fractures, the tongue missing. That one that baffles me. Me too. Like, like some are like, gone. maybe an animal came and like, yeah. but why would it leave so, the other bodies alone? So I, and- I saw that theory too, but I think we might talk about this later. There was no evidence. Like paw prints. And- yeah, the, yeah, and there was no like, you can tell when somebody's face has been eaten off by right. an animal. Not there was none of those right teeth the marks. Tongue. There was none of those teeth marks. There was nothing like that. It was just like gone. Yeah. Um, and the radioactivity on their clothing. What on earth? Why would their clothing be radioactive? That's really weird. Why would I it guess be... everybody in Russia just has a little bit of trace of nuclear? Yeah, <laughs> probably do. On them. Yeah. Um, and then the cameras, like the camera was set up outside. But of that's the, the thing tent. is that it wasn't all of them that had that on their clothing. No, you only two mean? of them. I it's think. Just like, wait yeah. A the camera was set up like they were taking pictures of something from a tripod. Um, but like it, it's it, the mystery is absolutely baffling. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. But and all these theories have holes in them. They do. So it's just like... None of them are good theories. It doesn't make any sense. But there's there's a million theories, and we're yeah. going to go through those. But if these people would have just had some SOL products, they oh, would have yeah. been okay. Survive outdoors longer. That's exactly what SOL means, Cam. And SOL makes emergency shelters. Boom. They wouldn't. They would have been able to replace their tent, right? Fire starters. A fire is great when it's cold outside, Cam. Yeah, doesn't matter uh, if you have little tree branches yeah, or not. doesn't matter. Survival kits, signaling accessories, they are trusted by outdoor professionals, and they are trusted by casual preppers. I have their emergency bivy in my bug out bag, and it's been in there for a very long time, and it's going to be in there for a very long time <laughs> because I love it. They actually just sent us some gear, and I'm super excited to tear into it and, and to use some more of that stuff because really really cool um the great thing is is they are reasonably priced you can go get their stuff and it's not going to break the bank you know what i mean um they have a brand new collection being launched later this year that we are super excited about expanding their selection to include base camp items 
cutting tools, navigation, and tons more. So Pack SOL and Pack More Than Luck available at REI, Amazon, and many other fine retailers. I wish Dyatlov would have had some of this stuff. Me too. Maybe, maybe we wouldn't even be doing this episode today <laughs> no. if they did, right? So Cameron, there's theories about what may have happened at Dyatlov Pass. There's um, a lot of theories, and a lot of them are honestly insane. Some of them are insane. So let's start with um, one of them. In, they think that possibly that they were KGB agents. That's one of them. Sorry. Right. one. Yeah, so the true objective of the ski trek, they say, unbeknownst to the other seven members, was to deliver radioactive samples to a group of agents of the CIA and take pictures of the spies. So this was something apparently that they did a lot. They would, like, there would be people that were um, in Russia that they, they would take these samples of radioactive uh pieces of clothing or something yep and they kind would, of radioactive and they would give it to the cia so that's what they thought maybe was happening here and these people were going to take pictures of those cia spies as this was happening um so the latter had been under the guise of ordinary hikers camping on the mountain of the dead the meeting took place on february 1st but something went wrong and the americans realized that the trio was playing a double game a conflict ensued a fight torture and the brutal massacre of the entire group so i mean some of this might be able to be explained away by this theory but some of it definitely isn't uh, so semyon alexander zolotorov a 37 year old bachelor and instructor at a different tour base joined the group at the last minute so he was one of the nine that were there he was a veteran with years of combatant experience who fought for the NKVD and bore an enigmatic tattoo that said, Dermauziorjawa. <laughs> I didn't uh, know that. Uh, yeah, until this day, the word remains untranslated into any known language. So it was just like a random word that he had tattooed on his body. So that's a little bit weird, right? Archives. It's just a terrible. <laughs> didn't know how to spell. Tattoo gone wrong. Yeah, I know. Could be. Archives of the Ural Polytechnic Institute reveal a remarkable detail about Alexander Kolovitin, uh, Kolovitov, Kolovitov. Kolovitov. Um, before transferring to the physics technical department at the UPI. He worked in Moscow as a laboratory assistant in a top-secret scientific facility, an unnamed atomic really? institute yep, known as P.O. Box 3394. <laughs> That's what the that's what this institute was known as. Uh, you go work for PO Box three three nine four. Did you say three three nine four? Oh, PO no Box. One talks about no. Don't say those words out loud. Um, and Yuri Kriven Krivenshenko worked in the a most notorious PO Box four hundred four slash ten, the plant Mayok in Chelyabinsk forty. So that is a massive nuclear, where a massive nuclear disaster happened second only in severity to Chernobyl in maybe 1957. Maybe the dude hasn't washed his clothes. Yeah, maybe he's just like... Trace, has traces of... I uh, don't want to wash these pants. My fever jacket. My <laughs> fever jacket don't want to ruin it in the wash. Um, a it true... glows in the dark. <laughs> I don't know how. It's great when you hike in the evening. <laughs> Um, amazing. The true objective of the ski trek, unbeknownst to the other seven members, was to, to deliver radioactive samples to a group of agents of the CIA and take pictures of the spies, right? So that's basically what they, they think happened. Yeah, that one makes sense. Sort of. But again, sort of. some of the stuff doesn't make any sense, like the missing tongue and why they were like miles away from each other. You say that again. <laughs> you say that one more time, I'll take that tongue. Yeah, and I mean... 
I mean, I could see being kind of sloppy. CIA is usually yeah. not that sloppy, especially yeah. during those times. Exactly. I don't know. Who knows? Um, another is, if you play Call of Duty, you'll recognize this. Uh, hikers mistaken for gulag fugitives. Mm. Sure. So one private investigator who spoke to former servicemen in the area said the hikers could have been killed after being mistaken for escaped prisoners from a local gulag prison camp. Um and I also on this one, some believe possibly um, escaped prisoners could have found and killed them. And uh, take sure. It, you know, yeah. But they didn't really take any supplies. And maybe they were just wanted to kill people. I yeah, it could be. But many political prisoners were released in 53, 56, but criminals were still behind bars. So um, furthermore, Yuri Yudin discovered a piece of clothing that did not belong to any of the members of the group. Mm, I didn't this Abmotki ab is a wide piece of clothing that are wrapped around the feet or the legs to keep them warm. They have distinct, <laughs> distinct shape. Um, yeah, I think 511 makes one of these. <laughs> yeah. A tactical Abmotki. <laughs> they have distinct shape and made from a uh, particular material, they were widely used among the soldiers in the 40s and later among the prisoners of Stalin's concentration camps. Nobody knows how it mm. got here and nobody knows how it disappeared from the evidence room, but of course. it did. So that that's a pretty good one other than where did the radioactive material come from on right, their clothes? Right. Um, I don't mm, know. Maybe, yeah. That, that one still baffles me. Yeah, that one I'm not getting. So they think maybe... You know, prisoners got out yeah. and could have killed them or that they were mistaken by, you know, people that were patrolling the area yeah. thinking, look at all this group of these young soldiers. Like, they broke out and they got all this yeah. camping gear. Let's They're taking them. pictures. <laughs> yeah. That made no sense. How'd you get that camera out of that prison? Eh, no Gulag don't have no. cameras. But yeah, so that's what they think. And sure. then it was weird that they supposedly, Yuri said that there was a... yeah. That abnormal piece of material that they didn't take with them that would disappear in the evidence. So nobody would be caught dead in these polyester rags. <laughs> um, yeah, so that is weird. So another one. Um, have you ever heard of a radio sound? Sound? No, yeah. I haven't. Um, so a radio sound? No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. heard that. Is that a military radio I sound? Could, I could be saying this wrong too, but know, radio I sound. I don't need, yeah. So there's Sundays. Sundays. Um, so this theory goes that the Dyatlov group died while participating in a scientific experiment of national importance. They were launching special purpose radio probes in an unpopulated area. Under the chloroprene shell of the balloon was a gas and short lived radioactive isotopes, 5 sulfur phosphorus. Okay. In case you didn't know what that so was. So there's your radioactive. Yeah. Meteorological only... rockets are known to have been used in the region of Mount or Otorten. <laughs> At some point, a missile. <laughs> some of the names. A missile must have hit one or more radio sounds and spilled the radioactive content. So basically, it's like this big balloon, and then they have like a transponder on it that goes up and, and it reads different things, whatever that might be, right? So, um, after a certain time, some highly toxic chemicals, sulfur compounds, for example, that enter a living organism are oxidized and completely disappear from the body. So that's maybe why they didn't, you know, get Detect those. The, um, the, yeah. 
Um, I don't really want to go through. There's a lot. Um, the, so the coroner may not have detected that toxic chemical. And plus, there was no information on the internal organs anyways, like you yeah, said, right? they didn't go into the details of those. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the Dialov group had signs of or damage. So which is weird, yeah. The Dyatlov group had tell. signs of damage to internal organs by toxic chemicals, including organic. Wait, what? It yeah, said there were. That's what it's saying. Include- well, see, in that website that we were, I was looking at, uh-huh. it said this too that they no no trauma, like signs of yeah of freezing because the internal organs. So there must have been some. Yeah, there must have been something. Some. Yeah. Maybe it was a brief autopsy that wasn't. I don't know what this part is. Yeah, I don't know either, but yeah. <laughs> Um, a and longer so, kidney. One of the, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't work here. Don't, <laughs> ain't my job. Uh, ain't ain't my job. Seeing somebody. I'm just not seeing scrapes and burns and stuff, so I think they're okay. Well, I ain't picking that up. <laughs> um, so search for the missing group was deliberately delayed. Did they you say, say PO Box three four. <laughs> I ain't touching that. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I gotta go home. You're asking for a lot here. Uh, search for the missing group was deliberately delayed. First bodies of the Dyatlov group were discovered almost a month after their death. This period corresponds to two half-lives of the radioactive isotope phosphorus-32. See, in favor of this theory is this... You can see, there's so many theories. Yeah, is the skin of the dead reported many witnesses to be of dark brown color, which is yeah. characteristic that, of I've phosphorus poisoning. a couple poisoning. of different reports yeah. that... Yeah, weird. They got dark brown skin. They had a lot of tanning mm. supplies. Maybe uh, very bright on the yeah. mountain of death. So uh, mm. on that note, uh, they, they, uh, I saw too that they said they believe this group was experimenting. This is I didn't put this in the notes, uh-huh. but um, someone called me and said, "Why don't you add this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that they were experimenting with a new medication to like help withstand the cold temperatures. Oh. And it was known to cause like aggression. So they're like maybe there was a whoa. Like a uh dispute between them all and they all pissed at each other and Yeah. I'm gonna rip out your tongue. I'm gonna crawl the stray and break some branches. <laughs> <laughs> Get down. Give me my medication or all right. I'll just bit my tongue off. <laughs> Our, our, like our, super our disrespectful. He's not gonna talk. He's not gonna talk if he bit his tongue off. I don't think anybody knows who these people are. Um, hey, bit my tongue off. <laughs> bit my tongue off. <laughs> Side effects include gets a lisp. biting tongue off. He bites, not wearing shoes. <laughs> bites his tongue off. He gets a lisp. I bite my tongue off. <laughs> That's not really how that works. I my tongue. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, it don't make any sense. No. Okay. No. There's all kinds of weird stuff going on. <laughs> there is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So okay. the other, uh, another one is kind of along with some of those other KGB and all that. Yeah. Special forces, uh, British author Keith McClowski in his book, Mountain of the Dead suggests that the students stumbled upon a military testing area and were either killed by Soviet soldiers protecting the area or were scared into fleeing by the sounds of nearby explosions. Explosions! Let's leave! <laughs> I'm cutting out this tent! <laughs> I can't get out fast enough. But yeah, um, essentially, uh, this 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 went into like tons of detail. Yeah. But um, long story short, uh, Simeon Alexander Elishkiv, <laughs> and even Dyatlov may have been part of KGB, that's what you were talking about, yeah. who were taking photos of unauthorized um, use of military vehicles. So one part they said was that there was no 
there should not be any use of any Soviet military, yeah. like helicopters and all that, without, you know, higher up command. And they believed during this time that they were actually using some of the military groups. There was just a big mess in Russia, right? At the time, anyway, <laughs> yeah. like a massive yeah. power struggle, mm. you know, so they were like any unauthorized use. And they were thinking maybe kind of like with the KGB theory that two of them were going up to take pictures of yeah. this unauthorized use and unauthorized military um, basically group getting sure. together. And, and they were discovered and tracked down and killed, basically. Mm. So that, that makes sense. So, yeah, ran into the wrong Military stuff at the wrong time. Yeah, I could see that. So another one was the Monsi. I don't know if that is that how you say it. Monsi. I think Mansi. so. That's what I was. So um, Indian, basically, or the they're local, the like, native Russian, the natives. Yeah, <laughs> the natives. Uh, they were the indigenous Monsi people living in Katimansia, an autonomous district with within human region in Russia. So. Um, at the second week of the investigation, the prevalent theory like was Eskimos. Was, exactly, was that the evil Monsai hunters who had often camped in um, over there committed the crime the night of February first. So basically, they're saying, and these people were super skilled at hunting and tracking, and do they did it in like weird ways apparently. So they were thinking maybe they came in, they didn't want these people on their land, so they just came in, cut out one of their tongues, and and killed the rest <laughs> of them and scattered them over a mile that's what <laughs> happened right which it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because there really isn't any um evidence to to say that because like like you said or maybe i said there was only nine cents sets of footprints there wasn't any more yeah it's not like they yeah. came in from the sides or exactly any other yeah so that was a big one saying that maybe it was them and that was actually a theory at the time but there really isn't much evidence for that you know other than dead people yeah. Yeah. Well, that's evidence. Yep, that is. Um, another, this one's kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> this one, like, reading was so confusing. <laughs> but shrooms, basically. Yes. Fly agaric. Mm. Amanita muscaria. Mm. Are very toxic. They become less lethal when dried out, but they can be used to get a little high. Yes. And so, and this is what's weird, is like, basically, the reindeer up there. Yeah. Would would eat them, and their urine would still contain enough of the um, chemical yeah. in it that you could drink the urine and get a little high off from it. Yeah, I've actually heard of this because it's super. They're super toxic if you just eat yeah, them. Yeah, you can't just straight. But the reindeer can. But the reindeer can strain out the toxins, and then but their piss contains the good stuff. Yeah, so so you're just, reindeer piss. Reindeer no piss wonder is the Santa greatest. lives by himself. Exactly. Well, there's gets, actually some theories about Santa Claus. Yeah. So in this stuff. Yeah, that's what was kind of funny. Oh, okay. Is that did you see that was in here? I did not. So yeah, it says basically the shaman would went out and they would gather these mushrooms. He would wear a red outfit, yeah, and either yeah. with a white trim or white dots in honor of the mushroom colors. And because of that time, the year the whole region was usually covered in deep snow. He, like everyone, wore tall boots of, of reindeer skin, mm. and. And then he'd drop presents off after he got high on mushrooms. Of course, yeah. So, yeah, that's where, that's kind of an interesting tie to mm-hmm. old Santa Claus there. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, they think maybe um, that this group knew that. You know, they were college students. Mm-hmm. And so, they wanted to get a little high off from their uh, mushrooms, uh, from reindeer piss. Mm. So, um, How do you get reindeer piss, though? I don't know. Do you have to How do you even get a reindeer? Eat the yellow snow? That, go, uh, I don't catch know. Catch it. Come on, give me some piss. 
Yeah, Want to know where that yeah. boy? That <laughs> boy, come on over here. Just pee. Okay, get on out of here. Um, but yeah, so uh, Svetlana Oss in her book, "Don't Go There." Don't go there. I mean, like totally. <laughs> That's how I see that. You can see her on the front of it. Like, oh my gosh. you would never suspect that title would be about this. I know. Believes that Conte hunters who followed taken... up by the the popular book "Talk to the Hand" <laughs> right? about the deaths of Stalin and <laughs> wait, what? Um, but the, uh, but this is where kind of funny. Who had taken a gark fly? Mm-hmm. Uh, that mushroom to get themselves in a killing mood. What killed uh, Rustin Slobodin with a dynamic head kick Ooh. and inflicted the chest injuries by jumping or bouncing on the chests of Yuri Doroshenko and Lyudi Dubinina and uh, Zolo Tar- Taryov. What? So they got all basically roided um, up, kind of. These hunters like got all yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. Taking meth like a Viking, they're like, ah! yeah. and they went and like, whoosh, like roundhouse kicked one in the head, fractured his skull. Uh, that's what you the do. other ones didn't know what to do, got their chest jumped on and ribs <laughs> broken. I would love to see somebody do that in like five foot snow, do I'm, like a roundhouse yeah. kick to somebody's yeah, head. Yeah, exactly. I can't even walk them and 10 to like feet. jump them down on somebody yeah. in the snow. Like it's just anyway. But I was yeah. like, mm, don't go there, girl. Mm-mm. Um, Did you just go there? So that's what happened. That's what yeah. she believes. Sure. There are some like Svetlana. It's hard to like do- talk about some of the photographs and some suspicious things about the photographs. It's hard to talk about it. But go look at number seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> um, the camera has a hunter who was following the group, and so that's why it says they camped kind of out in the open. Yeah. It's because they were creeped out, and there's some pictures showing maybe somebody was like, yeah. There are some following pictures. them in the woods. I'm gonna is, talk about that later. That's pretty. That's mm. pretty eerie, and that's freaky. For sure. So, um, they believe, yeah, maybe that's who killed them mm. with these Conti hunters, and they got a hold of some uh, drug, Almost some urine pee. Thank you. Some urine pee. Some urine <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> mm, urine pee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a delicate mm. urine pee. Tastes some good, urine good. mushroom. <laughs> Uh, sustenance goes down smooth, and then they got all hmm. tripped out and killed these people. Yeah, theory number two sure, the possibility is that the group may have ingested the mushrooms either intentionally or unintentionally and suffered the delirium and sweating with acute doses. Yeah, that would cause their be- bizarre behavior and taking off their clothes. And so maybe that would that one to me, maybe so they could get drugged out. Yeah, yeah, uh, but again, accidental drugged out. Where does the radioactivity come from? Stop asking about that. <laughs> avalanche. It's, it's an avalanche, probably. It's Russian uh, Let's talk about avalanche isotopes. right now. Um, so, number one, this is not an avalanche-prone area, Cameron. Yeah. It is not. Well, have you seen pictures of where it's yeah. at? Yeah. It's like, it's, even I can tell you right now, that doesn't look like an avalanche. No. Um, it's not very tall, and it's not steep, the yeah. places where they were. Furthermore, the opponents of this, this theory— This was some recent—I mean, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the recent— Theory so too. there, there's been stuff that just came out literally in the past month or so, saying this is what it was. It was a snow slab. Which or I'm something. like, come on. Yeah. Anyway, explain this. I don't get it. So radioactive the theory, uh, yeah. ice slab. Yeah, exactly. The uh, the opponents of this theory suggest the hikers' diaries report a fairly thin snow cover. Uh, however, these facts don't exclude the possibility of a small avalanche. Right, a portion of the upper layer of the snow could simply shift and roll over the hikers. Um, as a slab of snow, but 
I mean, so the tent wasn't completely destroyed and buried. No, so the, that's what's like. The tent was still on top, so it pushed him down. I yeah, it I just mean, doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Why does that one seem harder for me to believe than all the others? <laughs> I don't know. It is really hard to believe though. But like, yeah, how does one person lose a tongue? There's a well, skull there mountain in. in the snow. Is avalanche? It's avalanche. Don't ask any more questions. <laughs> hmm? Do you want to ask more questions? Uh, what don't you? <laughs> what don't you send your next question to PO Box three zero zero five two? Comments and questions. Yeah. <laughs> Comment boxes uh, in PO Box. Yeah. Or just stop by my office at Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> my secretary will take care of you. <laughs> How about that? Avalanche was it. the problem. Okay. <laughs> Won't save you for dinner tonight. Kravishenko, <laughs> yeah, maybe have you over discuss this a little bit more, huh? Uh, so avalanche is one of them, but to me, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <laughs> That's it. That was it. I don't want to talk about it anymore because it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't to me either. This one makes sense. Yeah, this one makes way more sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with this. This one's one. super interesting. Yeah. So, um, a UFO. Why not? Why not? So there there were reports mm-hmm. from not the group, like all these other reports around the area, that there were some mm-hmm. bright lights and some weird stuff going on in the sky yes. around the mountain. A lot of weird time. stuff. Controversy surrounding frame number 34. Go look it up. Do I it. don't have a picture to show you. Yeah. Plus, you can't visually show you something no. audibly. You can't. This picture is often referred to as number 33, but it's number 34. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Depending if you count frame number 15, which was discarded until recently. That was pointless information. I just thought I'd read see, it. Yeah, the, it, they, there's really not much to see in those. It just looks like... It's all blurred. Blurry Like garbage. somebody's thumb on it. Yeah. That looks like a spaceship. She's a contour. Look at that. It's round. <laughs> Could be up in the sky. I don't know. I'll bet that thing's going by, I don't know, 1,800 miles an hour. Yeah. Occasionally, some... Of the conspiracy theorists claim that the UFO scared the group away, although mm-hmm. seemingly incredible, this claim might have some basis to it. Mm-hmm. Base to it. About the same time, Soviet armed forces did launch several rockets from Baikonur base, mm-hmm. although military claimed the rockets landed in the North Ural Mountains. Several geologists, 70 kilometers from the mountains, saw some glowing and pulsating orbits, orbs, orbits, orbits, flying. <laughs> pulsating blue orbs. So we got to tell like you around here this in the direction of the dead mountain on so the day of tragedy. One of the websites we got some of this stuff from, it was a hundred percent converted from Russian. Yeah. And so like half you're missing prepositions. You're missing yeah. words. Saw some glowing and pulsating orbits <laughs> yeah. flying in direction. Yeah. And then at the end of every sentence, it says hail mother Russia. So I figured that was, must be <laughs> yeah. from Russia. If you read this, you'll die. <laughs> um, Gosh, the avalanche. I don't know. <laughs> These are all interesting, but the avalanche. <laughs> yeah. um, Lev Ivanov uh, lived a long life. He was part of the investigation. One, oh, of, the, okay. one of the first. Um, in the early 1990s, in an interview to a local journalist, he made a statement that during his investigation, he and E.P. Maslinikov um, both noticed that the pines in the forest were burned at the top. What? He also claims that AP Kirilenko, Andre Kirilenko, yeah, <laughs> member of the Soviet Congress, along with the advisors, uh, advisor Ashatonkin, mm-hmm. Ashatonkin, uh, forced Ivanov to take out any reference to the unknown flying objects or other strange phenomena. What? So apparently there was information about these burned yeah. tops of the trees, and it was 
they were told to take it out. You probably don't want any information. <laughs> Maybe we'll just leave that out in the official report. Have you huh? about the avalanche? <laughs> <laughs> there was there was snow on the mountain. I don't know. Probably snow avalanche. Mountain avalanche. <laughs> two two four. Um, huh? Surprisingly, one of the most extraordinary and astonishing versions came from none other than Ivanov himself. Ooh. He re- uh, um, in 1990, the retired prosecutor published an article, The Enigma of the Fireballs, mm. where he admitted that in the spring of 59, under the pressure of Kirilenko and his deputy, Yashtonkin, mm. um, withdrew various key materials from that case, That, like we were saying. Yeah. He said that he examined the scene in May and found some of the young pines trees the young pine trees at the edge of the forest had burned marks and those marks did not have a concentric form mm. or uh, or some other pattern there was no epicenter there was no uh there this once again confirmed that heated beams of a strong but completely unknown origin at least uh to U.S. energy were directing their firepower towards specific objects, like, pew, 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 and well, it was burning the tops of the trees. And then two of them had burned hands. They Maybe did. they put their hands up. <laughs> and only be taken. Oh. <laughs> that yeah. was hot. But yeah. yeah, they were. It looked as if something hot had shot through the trees. Yeah. And you know, there's other theories of the military testing different firearms. And yes, stuff, but. It could have been um, UFO. UFOs, and they were just like pissed. They're like perfect. <laughs> they were rushing too, <laughs> yeah, <the> rushing UFO, <laughs> and they Aliens. shot through the trees yeah. and were shooting at these uh, uh, campers. Yeah, sure. So UFO it was like fish in a barrel. Easy. We go away. Yeah. Now let's go piss off the Americans. Yeah. Let's go cause an avalanche somewhere else. Um, Next up, Roosevelt. <laughs> Next stop, Roosevelt. <laughs> it's cool, uh, let's go. What is that, uh, P.O. Box 51? No, Area 51. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we'll go. I think I messed up. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, this is It's not the P.O. Box, this is Area. Um, so there were some secret launches, maybe. Okay, you mentioned all of these weird like lights in the sky, things going on. The celestial fire in the sky phenomena that accompanied the incident almost convinced everybody that the skiers' lives had been sacrificed to the new Soviet idol, the rocket. Cameron, I mean, everybody was all about rockets those oh, days. Yeah, they were trying yeah, to get yeah. to the moon. I still love rockets. They're the best. Um, in the criminal case, there is a radiogram of a particular interest sent to the headquarters of the search party. So, radiogram to Solman. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it says, <laughs> the, the radiogram says, the main mystery of the tragedy remains the exit of the entire group out of the tent. Dot, 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 dot. The reason could be any extraordinary natural phenomenon, such as the flight of a meteorological rocket observed on the 1st of February in Evedale and by Caroline's group. Tomorrow we will come continue the search. So that there was like some radiogram that was like that. Hmm, that's a little weird. Right. So basically they're saying that there was a rocket in the sky and Did anyone not take the time to see how close Nibiru was at the time of all this. I, I'm surprised that wasn't one of these. <laughs> Honestly, too. there's been so many. Um, <laughs> Yashanti. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nibiru too close. Yeah. Um, so this one, I don't it. It basically saying that there was a rocket and they were they were. Um, let's see. So how did it hurt him? 
Well, or how did it freak them out? And how did the radioisotopes get on there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> since the time of the search party operations, Maybe a spark from the rocket, a nuclear rocket, <laughs> just fell down. came down his jacket. Ow. <laughs> there were rumors of a secret training ground located somewhere near the site of the accident. Locals still relate legends of meetings with military patrols in the middle of the Tiaga. Holes in the hillside sealed with concrete. The sound of a train that comes from under the ground in the woods. Ooh, those mysteries. Um, <laughs> Sounds cool. Kizilov Gennady Ivanovich, a journalist from Yekaterinburg, <laughs> is the first one and the most... Yekaterinburg. <laughs> hey, I'm from South Yekaterinburg. <laughs> I recognize that accent. You're from Yekaterinburg, yeah, aren't you? from hometown <laughs> Home of a Russian hot dog. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like it, right? Yick and Turkenberg. Hey, you're a Yick and Turkenbergian, aren't you? Yeah, you got a hat from Yick and Turkenberg. <laughs> yeah. Pretty well, favorite, nice. Favorite baseball team. Yick and Turkenberg <laughs> Russians. Yick and Turkenberg Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, he points out some major inconsistencies and conflicting testimony of witnesses and rescue team that says uh, this speaks of something much more sinister, that sloppy investigation and that the Yatlov group have witnessed some secret trials or experiments experiments that no one was supposed to see and they were deliberately liquidated by military forces. So they were up there. They saw something that they weren't supposed to see. And then the KGB comes down and sends them away. Plausible. Via avalanche. <laughs> right? It called this avalanche. <laughs> hey, a Turkenberg. Say hello to my little friend, avalanche. <laughs> this is my avalanche gun. Roundhouse is the guy to the face. <laughs> yeah. They called this movie uh, avalanche. I can do this in snow. Uh... <laughs> Avalanche. Watch this move, this avalanche. <laughs> A one-two avalanche, huh? <laughs> one-two roundhouse avalanche. Slipping and sliding the avalanche to the right Float side like of the butterfly, face. Uh, crush you like avalanche. <laughs> Float like rocket, crush like avalanche. Uh, is it UFO? Is it avalanche? I don't know. You're dead anyway. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, infrasound. What? So I I don't know why I find this phenomenon like the weirdest name. Infrasound. The Carmen Vortex Street phenomenon. <laughs> that's the name of it. Carmen Vortex, Vortex Street. Vortex. That's a cool word. <laughs> yeah. I live on Carmen Vortex Street. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's what it's called. Look it in up. York and Turkenburg. <laughs> Vortex Street. <laughs> Deep down in York and Turkenburg. <laughs> I'll take a left on Carmen Vortex Street. You're going to find some evidence. <laughs> Yeah. It's all code. <laughs> this guy's telling us where the evidence is. I know, man. Um, mm. So Carmen Vortex Street seen in cloud formations. Uh, there's a video and picture that I didn't <laughs> include. <laughs> Why don't you play it for the people? <laughs> yeah. So um, if you look at the videos on this, it's kind of interesting how this, uh, what it does. Basically, mm. um, the the sound that it produces and the vibrations I'm summing it up here. Okay. Terrified the group, and that's what caused it to like kind of go crazy. Yeah. So mm. the opposite of ultrasound, infrasound, is a type of vibration in the air which has a frequency so low it cannot be picked up by the human ear. But a succession uh, of studies, mm. succession, I don't care, has shown that it 
can have marked effects on the human body, okay. including loss of sleep, shortness of breath, and extreme dread. I might have this. <laughs> Let's just jump to that. <laughs> extreme dread. Shortness of breath, sleep, and, and extreme so dread. So what kind what? of what kind of symptoms are you having? Uh, extreme dread. I don't know. Been yeah. having it for a while. Yeah. So Icar, which was studying this, believes it's the only logical explanation for the situation in which the bodies were found. It's the only logical. This is the only one. <laughs> Listen to me. Although, Carmen Vortex Street yeah. is what happened. Although easy, I can tell you right now. <laughs> oh, Carmen Vortex guys, Street. Oh, that's easy. I'll tell you right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah, you got hikers spread out dead. Some have mm. radioisotopes on the shirt. Yep. Carmen Vortex Street. Um, Every day. <laughs> I need a shirt that just says Carmen Vortex Street. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see anybody know. Oh my gosh. What you know about that? Oh, you like that band too? <laughs> yeah, their new album's great. Uh, although Dead Mountain is so remote and inaccessible that the weather phenomenon cannot be directly observed there in the winter, and it has been observed in similarly shaped locations, including the Rock of Gibraltar Ooh. and an array of other peaks. So if you look it up online, it shows like this dome, and when wind blows around it, it yeah. causes like a bunch of vortices, vortexes, Whoa. vortices, vortices. Uh. And these cause these really weird pulsating deep sounds that make you go nuts, I guess. Wow. So yeah, this infra, infra sound vibrations yeah. are what cause them to lose their mind. Vladimir Gouvray-Gouvrao, a French scientist, first noticed the effect of infrasound on the body thanks to a badly designed fan. <laughs> so if you have a fan blowing in your face at night, it could be yeah. Carmen Vortex Street That's blowing why in sleeping. your face. <laughs> yeah. I feel dread. <laughs> when his lab assistant um, began suffering nausea for no obvious reason, he discovered that the discomfort was caused by the motor of a large fan, which was emitting the sound waves. Wow. A.K.A. Carmen Vortex Street. Yeah. So I, I've thought about this one before, and I, I've, I've read about how they basically just kind of went crazy because yeah. they were having these pulsating terror dreams, and they just lost their minds. Yeah. And so some of them may have ran out. Some may have followed after them to try and help them. But anyway, And then they interesting. started a fire somewhere else, and then the tops of the trees <laughs> yeah, got burned. Well, they got lost. And they're then they got radioactive them. isotopes yeah. on their clothes. Carmen Vortex Street. Street. Explains it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That okay, that's interesting a good one. one. Yeah, um, this one is uh, we referred to it earlier with the photograph that you you saw. They think maybe it was a yeti. It wasn't a hunter. It was a yeti. A yeti or a snowman. Yeah, or menk. Three words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As the local people, the local people call it menk. Menk. Um, oh, that menk oh, looking at you. The mink in a wood. I went and took a poop in the mink was yeah, right behind me. That's right, <laughs> mink. <laughs> That's that mink. He make me do stuff. You're um, real ugly. You look like a mink. <laughs> Shut your mink face. <laughs> um, so there was a Discovery Channel documentary uh, called Russian Yeti, The Killer Lives. Um, and it was in 2014. <laughs> Anyways, it, it talks about um, the central showpiece of the program is a black and white still photograph showing a dark, unidentified figure standing in the trees. And I've seen the photograph, and it really does look pretty creepy. Like, it looks like somebody in the woods. Yeah. It does. That one um, did creep me out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so it is introduced with the stark on-screen text. The following image is one of the last photos taken by the hikers. It is being shown on television for the very first time. And that's what happened. Anyways, it was creepy. Um, and so, yeah, so they're thinking that um, maybe it was a Yeti. Come in. He had some radioactive clothes that he 
I don't know about that. <laughs> but radioactive. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how Maybe to explain that. But I could that could explain the the blunt force trauma in in the head and the chest, and um, why everybody was trying. I don't know. I still don't know why they would cut themselves out of the. I don't either. Maybe he was at the door. Yeah. He was screaming in Maybe his Mank voice. Maybe peeked in there. He's like, They're like, oh! <laughs> 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 away. Yeah, grabs his knife and heads out the, the <laughs> side. <laughs> you got food? You call me Mank? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm just trying to warn you there's an avalanche coming. <laughs> Perfect English. <laughs> you from Nern Peckenberg? Peckenberg. Anyways, that could have been one. Yeah, could have been a Yeti. That's an interesting one. That picture is creepy, though. It is super all creepy. Those pe- picture, all those pictures. 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 <laughs> I ain't seen very many creepy pictures in my life, but that one's that one. That picture right there creeped me out. Yeah. Mm. This one's just quick, dumb. Mm. Teleportation experiment. <laughs> okay. So uh, there was a movie, 2013, have not seen it, huh. Devil's Pass. Devil's Pass. Where it's about Diot Love, mm-hmm. hikers being... A part of a teleportation experiment. Oh. Anyways, um, they were killed. <laughs> the end. <laughs> but I guess in this movie, the, there were some um, like pictures and frames that were like so popular after this movie that uh-huh. a lot of people still believe that that was part of the whole thing. They, they believe they're part of the real incident. It's like a Philadelphia so, experiment type yeah. thing. So now they believe that there was... Um, so basically, that- this teleportation experience was taking place and... They got involved and they got killed. Okay. They well, weren't participating in it. Accidentally they just, got... just teleported her tongue away. Oh, yeah. only got a tongue that time. Let's try right. again. My shit just got teleported. <laughs> or I'm reading my undies now. You took all my clothes. Yeah, let's try this yeah. one more time. Boom, all your clothes are gone. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, up the dosage. We got to figure it out. Um, so up the power. <laughs> It's a good damn avalanche. I don't know. Um, lightning strike or ball lightning. Well, what's you ever heard ball of that? Lightning? Ball lightning is. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, my wife knows what it is. <laughs> uh, you're in trouble. Yeah, I'm in trouble now. Um, I'm gonna give you the ball lightning, baby. <laughs> I call. I call this one the avalanche, and this one the ball lightning. <laughs> Watch out now. Watch out now. <laughs> Head for cover. Cut out your tent because it's happening. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get up on you like Carmen Vortex Street. Carmen Vortex Street. I was trying to get I couldn't get it back. Um, I don't know this one in Nurem Turkenberg. Let's go. <laughs> um, uh, so it's an, ball lightning is an unexplained atmospheric electrical phenomenon. The term refers to reports of luminous spherical objects which vary in diameter from pea-sized to several meters. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you see that ball lightning? That's cool. Yeah, it, that's just static electricity, <laughs> dummy. It's usually associated with thunderstorms, but lasts considerably longer than the split-second flash of lightning bolt. Okay. So basically, I mean, this is like a real deal, like things that happen. So maybe that explains the light. Could. Yeah, so it's just basically a ball of lightning in the air. Maybe she tried to eat one blew her tongue off. <laughs> that looks delicious. Is that a lightning ball? Hmm. <laughs> Mm, put that on my mushroom. I eat lightning balls for supper. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Blow tongue off. My diet consists of 100% lightning balls. <laughs> Ball lightning all day. Boom. Yeah, Boom. Count, count my macros. Um, 
So the tent slits hot spot near the tent and the camera on a makeshift tripod suggests that they were observing something in the sky. So maybe that's why they slit the tent on one side because they were looking out here <laughs> that didn't want to go out. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ruin the tent. Guys, cool for cut yourself. It's a big deal if I cut out half the wall. <laughs> you care? We're not in any environment that's gonna get better. No big deal, right? Um, I can't see. You didn't put the face, the door. Okay, you let's, know what? Let's I'll move the tent. Door. Nah, nah. I'll just make another door over here. <laughs> Don't worry. Given we got that, women went to just show it up. <laughs> yeah. Given that the local Monsi people blamed the golden orbs for the tragedy and the repeated sightings of lights in the sky from reliable witnesses in the same period with photos from the group's cameras, possibly of aerial lights, it's plausible that the group fled from the tent due to an occurrence of ball lightning getting very close to the tent and hovering there, melting the snow beneath to create a hot spot. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just hovering, melting the snow. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's take off our clothes and head down the mountain. This is weird, right? So the group hurried to the tree oh. line. <laughs> tongue off. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> Took my tongue, but I can still run. <laughs> um, the group then hurried to the tree line. Two 15... of them knocked heads. <laughs> That's where that came from. Cracked their skull. Uh, oh. ow, ow. So they I'm went okay. to the tree line. And lit a fire while they waited for that thing to go away. Let's just chill here. When that thing's gone, we'll go back home. <laughs> then it went away. Where's the tent? I can't sleep with that light, <laughs> that ball of lightning in the sky. Let's head out of here. When those hang out, they pissed me off so bad. Yeah. So the theory then describes how the two deaths at the cedar were due to a single electrocution event, due to oh. normal lightning strike. Okay, that makes or sense. Or ball lightning. But all the rest is. Creating burnt hair, bleeding head orifices, large burns, burnt clothing, pulmonary edema, and tree damage. Um, <laughs> and the subsequent four deaths <laughs> in, the tree in, yeah, in the ravine were due to an explosion event near. Blew them down the hill. Yeah. And again, due to a more powerful lightning strike. The theory suggests that the ravine lightning strike hit close to the den and vaporized a substantial quantity of stream water, snow and ice, um, creating an explosion amplified by the confines of the ravine that threw the den and its occupants six to ten meters, resulting in blunt force injuries similar to car accidents. <laughs> so essentially like lightning striking in the same area a yeah. bunch of times, creating a big ball. Ball. <laughs> This makes a ball way. lightning. I mean, that's I it. Didn't I think of that one. I'm thinking. I'm, I like that one actually. That one's pretty cool, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, this one's called the stove. Sounds like a short story. I'm going to read in middle school. Or well, something. I'm going to read you a short okay. story right now. Um, it's possible that sparks from the stove had accidentally set the jacket aflame. Not one, just one jacket. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. The incident. Uh, promotes the theory that the hikers left the tent due to smoke from the stove. So there is some evidence. Oh. Maybe their their stove was kind of plugged and it started to fill it up really fast with um, smoke, and that's what explains like some of the pulmonary issues. And they cut the, the blood, tent open. and they cut the tent open to get out. Yeah. But what they found, and the evidence shows that the uh, stove wasn't even assembled. Oh. Or somebody quickly disassembled it. They kicked then... it on their way out. <laughs> Screw this thing. It fell into the bag. Never buying a Coleman again. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> Boom. But that yeah. explains, mm. too, why I maybe some of them tried to put it away or try and take it down to burn their hands. Sure. Oh, yeah. So. And then they all took off their clothes. Yeah. Because they were hot. Mean, and they, they smelled like smoke. coughing and they smelled like smoke. Um, they were burning some radioactive stuff. Yeah. Those two guys stood yeah. by. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, that's the mm. theory there is that I can the, see that. 
That's why they cut out of the tent and got out of there okay. and ran. Because the tent, so much smoke, you got to run a mile away. Yeah. You never well, know. You don't know. You don't. You don't know. It's better so, safe than sorry. Right. So this one is probably my favorite. 100% <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I didn't read it, but okay. it fun. Russian scientists believe that the hikers came to the area under certain circumstances, the force of gravity can fluctuate. Yeah, uh-huh. Petersburg physicist, PhD, associate professor of, of Institute in Engineering and holder of more than 100 patents, German Ershenko, believes that the significantly decreased external pressure threw the hikers out from the tent. Oh, wow. Scientists through have the a hole they cut. I don't know. I don't know. Scientists have long studied thermal. Maybe he had his knife in it. Was like, oh! <laughs> He's like holding it, <laughs> sucking him up into the air. It's like when they slide down the thing on a ship. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Scientists have long studied thermodynamics, hydrodynamics, various aspects of nature of gravity, and weightlessness of bodies. He believes that Dyatlov Group came into the area, which at the confluence of circumstances have can have significantly decreased force of gravity. Th- again, this is never Russian. happened ever anywhere else. <clears throat> yeah. It formed a corridor of a kind in which Earth's gravity decreased. The hikers in the tent, sleeping or just getting ready, had time to undress. And then un- the unknown force began to lift them up off the floor and drag them into the direction of the corridor, said the scientists. So this is a thing that was like maybe down the, where the other ones were found, and it started just sucking people. All right? Sucking them all. Yeah. As the outside air pressure was significantly lower than inside the tent, people began to push outward. The emerging hikers instantly pushed the tent from the inside, and since the pressure in their bodies still remained high, they received unexplained internal injuries. This makes so much sense. Including broken bones. Cameron. Some of the hikers died instantly. Others remained alive for some time, but the bodies outside the tent remained hovering in the air as though lying on a horizontal surface. So they were just like hovering, dude. In this position, um, a force pulled them to the side. According to Ereshenko's calculations, the phenomenon lasted only a few minutes. I've done the math. I'm pretty sure it only lasted about three minutes. All right. Um, There's just no way it went beyond that. No, no, no. This period of time was enough to throw people 1 to 1.5 kilometers distance. They flew one by one or in groups from the tent to be scattered (laughs) on the slope and in the woods. When they were falling in the snow from a height, not being able to protect themselves, they received injuries to their faces, which were disfigured. (laughs) Um, According to the science, such events are not uncommon in the area. It just happens all the time, really. Uh, people, cattle, wild animals dying in a similar manner, manner with I'm, alarming regularity. What's this? Should, it's another gravity death. I don't know. <laughs> How many times this happened? <laughs> it is uh, gravity. I went to hike the mountain and climb, and mm. I ended up on top same day. For those who in the future will go to visit the Yatlov Pass, it is worth bearing in mind that the corridor where the gravity to Earth Wear is some decreased. red pants. He <laughs> can open up again. Hunters in the area often go to the woods with the big question, why is this happening in this place? It needs to yet be surveyed and answered. Sum- Summarize <laughs> the specialist. That's a great one. That one is good. Yeah. So, Even yet he's like, well, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that one, it was gravity. It was anti-gravity. Oh, no, gravity fluctuation <laughs> yeah, is what exactly. they call it. Yeah, that one's that one's probably the most bizarre yeah. one. Yeah. Um, Makes, I bo- patented it. <laughs> it's mine. I own the gravity, um, gravity fluctuation. But if these guys, if they would have thought before they went out and they would have went to offthegridsurplus.com and got some clothing from them, yeah. what do you think? 
this story would not even be a thing because they would have no. lived. Because this have stuff it all is in the pockets in their shirts and it's stuff. warm and it's functional and it's durable and they would have looked great. And Response I'm pretty sure that there's gravity fluctuation devices built in. <laughs> there has to be. I have to believe that there is. So go to offthegridsurplus.com. <laughs> get an extra 15% off with our code CASUALPREPPERS. Um, <clears throat> that's offthegridsurplus.com. Use our code CASUALPREPPERS. They've got uh, tactical uh, pants, shorts, shirts. We just got some new stuff. Yeah, we did. Um, Cam wore it on the last podcast, I, I think, actually. Yep. Dude, it is... It looks like a Hawaiian shirt, but it's not. It's so great. It is so great. Jeep's on it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Go Bahama, get it. Mexico and stuff. It's cool. Offthegridsurplus.com. <laughs> code casual preppers. Yes. I still think that's funny. That ain't common in here. Happens yeah. all the time. Happen, yeah, every day. Fluctuate. My kid floated off the other day. <laughs> yeah. Found him. You He's just gotta okay. be ready for it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so this is catabetic winds. Catabetic winds basically like gravity winds. Ah. So these come down off the mountain and it's basically like cold air and warm air and they mix mm-hmm. and it causes like this really powerful wind, basically like a ball. And it has the forces of like hurricanes and wow and, and stuff. And they think that this could have been what happened is that it, the, the weird location that has all these other weird things going on yeah created this ball of energy that was caused by the wind mm-hmm. hurricane winds and it just kind of like freaked them out they may have thought it was causing an earth or uh, an avalanche because of the sounds like yeah rolling towards them freaked out ran a mile away in their yeah you know in their tidy whities oh and and that's what happened an interesting. interesting note in the group diary made a short period of time uh, made a short period of time before the accident described it relatively warm and associated that temperature to like a jet engine. So they were feeling these weird changes in the temperature and the wind. Wow. And that's kind of what would cause this catabatic wind. Interesting. Um, the wind was blowing from the valleys below under a blue sky. This could potentially have laid the foundation for an unfortunate event that unfolded between the 1st and 2nd of February. Um, what's important to realize regarding falling winds, which is this gravity wind or catabatic wind, is that these appear quickly as opposed to a storm. You wouldn't have the time to like prepare like that wind's getting a little strong. Be like, boom, a storm is just comes down on you and rocks the tent. And that's why they may have freaked out thinking it was possibly sure. an avalanche, <clears throat> hurried and just took off out of their tent. Interesting. So Never um, heard of that. Yeah, that one's kind of an interesting one. I do think there was probably some... But I think the storm ones are possible. That some funky yeah. stuff that got them disoriented, but it mm-hmm. still doesn't explain a no. lot of those other things of them just like their tongues all jacked up. And maybe this will explain it. Can yeah. We? So basically, the yeah. wind just punished them, okay. beat them to death. What about a wolverine? You ever think about that? <laughs> Every day, of my so life. So the group was eating at the time when something made them flee the tent. They were cutting loin. The smell of food. <laughs> loin. <read> that. <laughs> Boy. That was so weird. I know. I read the first time. I was like, I'm leaving this one to Kobe. Yeah. Cutting line. Yeah, cutting line. The smell of food had a hypnotic effect on a hungry, voracious beast. <laughs> the Wolverine tried to climb inside the tent through the main entrance. Most likely, the reaction of the hikers was to drive the predator away by hitting the beast with all sorts of objects, including their cameras, hence mm-hmm. the broken light filter. Um, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I didn't know either. The Wolverine tries to escape. Gets entangled in the tarp of the tent. Boom. Once trapped, the Wolverine Boom. splashes its chemical weapons indoors. Like a skunk, 
If absolutely necessary, they can spray a rather stinky liquid, which can discharge from special glands. Wolverine don't do that. Yep. He just pulls the... No, he can do that. In a matter of minutes, the tent is filled with an unbearable stench. Chaos reigns inside the camp. Dark, unbearably stinky. (laughs) Chaos begins. Stinks! (laughs) Um, it's impossible to get out through the main passage. A beast entangled in the tarp is scared no less than the hikers, and it's much more dangerous. At the time, staying inside the tent is impossible. Someone decides to take radical measures and cuts a slant in the tent. Gets out, right? <laughs> they move down a hill. They make a fire. They don't want to go back. So stinky they stayed far, far away mm-hmm. from that. Yep, and they were kind of like in the middle of changing. And Okay, so it wasn't like the Wolverine attacked them. It, it Not like necessarily. Made, made like... An attempt and then sprayed them, and then they're like, let's get out of this. And so they think that maybe that chemical is what turned their skin that color, too. (laughs) Because, you know, their skin was, like, dark. Man, that sucker sprayed them hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. They got a big dose of that stuff. Not uncommon in this area, really. (laughs) About as common as anti-gravity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. A couple gallons of spray on your face. Had that happen a million times. Wolverine spray, I'll tell you what. All the time. (laughs) A rare rocket hit me in the face, or <laughs> yeah. a lightning ball. <laughs> so that that's a, that's another that's one. That's an interesting Wolverine. one. Yeah. Um, another one's menthol poisoning. Methanol, sorry, not menthol. <laughs> Menthol's poisonous. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's a good one. They all <laughs> ate too much halls. Yeah, yep. The menthol. icy hot was everywhere. <laughs> that Vicks, everybody <laughs> yeah. rubbing it on. Um, so methanol poisoning symptoms may include a decreased level, may include a decreased level of consciousness, uh, poor I coordination, vomiting, abdominal pain, and specific smell on the breath. Decreased level of consciousness. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm usually about here, but right now my consciousness <laughs> is down at this level. Yep. So they, it's known to cause some blindness, kidney failure. Mm. So they think maybe the alcohol that they took along with them, one, they did find, um, one of them was Carrying alcohol, I think mm-hmm. it was the older guy, the naive little son come off. And but they couldn't detect what type of alcohol. They just mm-hmm. they could smell it, and they knew it was in his little canteen. But a, a part of them wonders if maybe they use too much in cooking, or they drink too much to stay warm. Yeah, and instead of being ethanol, um, it ended up being methanol, which is way more yeah. po- was poisonous and caused them to be blind and confused. That's why maybe they crawled up blind trying to find some wood. Mm-hmm. Crawled up there. I get it. Broke some branches. A couple of them went further and fell in the river. So basically lost their minds because they were poisoned unintentionally or intentionally by, by the methanol. M- menthol. Menthol. <laughs> menthol. But yeah, so uh, mm. the theory goes that after hard work, pitch, they drink alcohol from their flask to warm themselves, which turned out to be methanol. And they were blinded, panicked. Cut down the tent, ran like they ran down the hill like blind kittens. <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's why that's another reason why I was like, this article is written oh, yeah. by a Russian. Because who says blind kittens? They'll panic or run down the hill like blind kittens. You look like a bunch of blind kittens. Oh, <laughs> poor folks. Yeah. So anyway, that was... yeah, that's a good one. Um, another one is just, I mean, this one they went into a bunch of different possibilities. Basically, they didn't detect alcohol in any of them, though. Really? So that was the other. Mm. That's a twist. That's a twist there. Yeah. Makes that one a little hard to believe. Um, There was an altercation. Basically, they fought each other. Yeah. They got mad. They started taking off their clothes, cutting out the tent. Biting Um, one's tongue off. Don't stick your tongue off me. Yeah. 
Um, and that, that, I think that one applies to that medication that they're yeah. taking for like yeah. altitude and coldness. Yep. Made him go crazy. There's really no reason to go back into that one too much because that's all, I mean, it's just saying they fought each other, but again, that doesn't make any sense when it, doesn't, it, when it comes down it to it. It doesn't. Not yeah. the way they were spread out nope. and the types of injuries to some and not others. Yep. Another one's Arctic hysteria. Mm. So Marachini, uh, Marachini cherries. I don't know how you even say that. But this theory is popular after many people started comparing uh, the Dyatlov Pass and the Chivruia Pass. I don't know what that one is. Mm. Basically, that they've kind of gone crazy out in the Arctic. Yeah. The only thing is about this is the problem with the theory is that it's been observed only in native peoples. Really? I have no idea why they're the only ones that suffer it. Non-natives often observe and report, but they never have been affected. Interesting. They see it so often that some speculate that the natives are throwing a tantrum because of an invasion of strangers in their lands. Mm. Some explain the onset of the episodes to be triggered by the stress from the encounter with technology and sudden devaluation of their beliefs and the beliefs of the beliefs of their ancestors. Others say it is malnutrition and poor education. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two, I don't know. But the fact remains that it affects natives and not passing hikers. So they don't think this Arctic hysteria, which yeah. is a real thing, is happening to, to happen to this group. That makes sense. Made them go crazy. Yeah. Um, this one I is liked this one. the last one. <laughs> so um, <laughs> in this version of the events, Dubanina and Zolotrov are run over by a snowmobile. Uh, the bow bringle head injury. got run over by <laughs> The wound on Kolotarov's head and the abrasion on Kolomorgorov's side and lower back could have also been caused by a snowmobile. The author assures us that on February 1st, 1959, nothing fell from the sky. No flying saucers, no rocket engines, no comets with meteors. All the evil done here was below, on Earth, by a snowmobile. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I'll go back and see. Right, that nine bumps I just hit. <laughs> <laughs> bunch of drifts on this hill. So, anyways, uh, those one, are the crazy things that they think may have happened in the Dyatlov Pass incident. Yeah. So what do you think happened? Let us know in the comments. Yeah. What do you think happened? Kobe? Um, I'm going with, I'm going with a combination of a few things. I'm going with there was some ball lightning. <laughs> For sure. And people walked There's out. There's too much evidence yeah, to go I mean, against the ball lightning. It's got to be ball lightning. And then there was like maybe a slight gravity fluctuation at the same time. Oh, yeah. Right? That would be a mess. Yeah. 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 You, you're mixing the two. I mean, that's like mixing menthol with methanol. You just never know what's <laughs> going to happen. Um, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, well, I'm just going to go straight to the truth. Yeah. The KGB. KGB. I think they got killed. That probably makes sense. But again, why would the KGB leave them the way they were? I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know if it was necessarily like them or somebody just branched off and decided to yeah, kill them. Yeah, could be. Yeti's a good one, though. Yeah, Yeti. UFO? Man, I don't know. I'll take Yeti. There's just too many. Yeah. I bet it's a combination of all. Yeah. Um, before we leave, we do have a, a new tack pack we'd like to look at real quick and a Going Gear EDC club. Might as well take a look at them because we're here, Cameron. Um, where do you want to start with tack pack? Let's start oh, with the tack pack. pack yeah. All right, tack pack. The first item in the latest tack pack is the Vulcan Quick Draw. Now, this is a really cool um, mounting system for your pistol. Okay, That's cool, really cool, good. cool. And then Where you, do got you mount it anywhere, anywhere you please. And then you got the Cleanse Oil Field Patch Kit. 
Right. One-step solution for cleaning, lubricating, before the colonoscopy. and protecting fine firearms. And then you got the t- <gasps> tack pack gunsmithing hat. Um, you put it on your head, and it covers your head. Yeah, it's great. Um, oh, Matt, sorry, Matt. Oh, okay, I can't that read. Makes sense. Gunsmithing. I was like, Why I... I'm gonna wear my gun cleaning hat. <laughs> <laughs> gunsmithing. The mat. Yeah, so the mat's real cool. You have one just like that, don't you? Cam? I have a black one. <clears throat> black one. I and, do like these. These are freaking yeah. cool. And then there's the range hat, what we just saw. And then the Kershaw cinder. This is a tiny little Kershaw blade. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So tiny, I didn't even see it. I know. That's cool. And then you got the lucky patch. So it's um, cinder. Um, a patch that's a four-leaf clover. Looks pretty cool. And then you got some breakthrough cleaning wipe samples as well, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, you do. Right here. See them? I do. Breakthrough cleaning wipe. Yep. So that's the latest works. tech box. But yeah, they, I, we've gotten quite a bit from them, the and I used it yeah. this week actually on my nail gun. Did you? Cleaned it that's off funny. real well. Uh, so that's the latest tack pack. Use our code Casual Preppers. Let's go to the Going Gear EDC Club. The first item is the custom QSP Legatus, I think is how it's said. An $80 blade. Ooh, um, I love QSP. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, cool little blade, $80 value. Um, Going Gear always sends you some thing. cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then you got the duct tape, like plain and simple. I'm fine with duct tape. Like, I, yeah, it's great, man. Can't have enough duct tape. And then you have you a can max. Never have enough. Duct a Maxpedition 3D morale patch. 3D. Yep. Three Ooh. three dimensions. Anyways, that's it, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Um, let us know what you think happened in the Diatlov Pass. Cool. Okay, Cam. That's what we want. Anything you want to say before we leave? Watch out for gravity fluctuations. Do it. It could mess your life up. Okay. Stay survived.